Hello there, and welcome back to the Hyperbaric Reviews. With myself, the man who's never been aroused while playing pinball, it's Bread Roll. And with me is the man who's ruined many t-shirts with sticky substances, it's JT. <laughs> yeah, also been aroused by pinball. But, you know, another <laughs> story for another day. <laughs> the, uh, gone are the days where you could find a, a dodgy pinball machine to get excited about. But it used to be everywhere. <laughs> yeah, in my youth, you know, they were ten to the penny. <laughs> <laughs> So welcome back once again to a new episode, and this week we are going to be looking at another Nicolas Cage movie, which is called Willy's Wonderland, which came out in... I can't even <laughs> say the name without laughing, this is going to go well. <laughs> it came out in 2021. Did it actually come out? Yeah, what? yeah. 2021, bloody hell, I didn't realise it was that fucking modern. Of course it is, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, February this lost year. It. yeah, yeah, apparently February this year, looking at my notes here from uh, the wonderful world of Wikipedia, which is obviously we know is accurate, but yeah, February. Ah, fair play. Yeah, so it came out um, with a budget of five million, and at the box office here, it didn't, <laughs> it didn't actually make that much. <laughs> Less than half a mil, really. wasn't it? Yeah. I've got five mil budget, and it made four hundred eighteen k. So yeah, it did well. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> Probably about right, isn't it? Really, I'm surprised yeah. it even got released in the box office. Well, there wasn't even a box office, was there, in February this year? That's when the um, pandemic started hitting. Well, that's that's probably uh, you know the main issue, really, isn't it? I mean, you could argue that it might have been the plot or the cast, but I think it was just the pandemic, really, that did this movie no favors. <laughs> that's what Nick Cage would say, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, old Nick Cage, this is actually his, I believe, it's his ninth horror movie. Um, so he's he's done a few over the years. Well, most of his movies are horror movies, aren't they? Whether they're meant to be or not. <laughs> Oh, good old Cage. Yeah, I mean, we had your favourite movie last week. But thanks for everyone who tuned in for that episode, by the way. We had a good response from that. And a uh, little shout out to uh, Lord Schmup and Hawksley GP on uh, Twitter for getting involved and in, uh, giving us a bit of feedback about the episode. I mean, as anyone who's listened to it knows that JT had a whale of a time watching that movie. And oh, I'm I sure... fucking loved it. Mm. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure but... we're all eager to see what he thinks of this one. Yeah, thanks for the interaction, though, guys. It was fun. Um... Yeah, it was um, it was not my favourite movie of all time, but I'm glad I've watched it. Um, yeah, but yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> we were actually, when we um, said about doing uh, Mandy and then Willy's Wonderland, we were actually going to go for like a trilogy of Nick Cage, but I don't think either of us have the strength to do it. So it's a good job we just <laughs> chose just to do two for now, but we might return to the days of Cage down the line. Well, yeah, he's done a few old classics. He's more modern films that say are a bit sketchy, but... He's done a few down the line that you know old ones that were good. So maybe we'll go back to some of those. But yeah, uh, well, who knows? I might like this one. We'll find out as we go on. Indeed. So let's take a look at the movie. Um, so it opens up now. <laughs> this is a horror movie technically, but there's not really much horror in it, um, at least from my point of view. But um, it opens up in the kind of cliche way you see two people trapped somewhere and they're being kind of hunted down and killed it's not particularly gory or anything but you get the old classic scene of someone being dragged down a corridor into the darkness and i think it's left to a woman who's hiding in a room and then she gets killed by something off screen that we don't see and we get the hero of the movie (laughs) nick cage himself who is actually just referred to as the janitor he doesn't actually speak a single word in this movie if you can believe it no he doesn't does he he just goes every now and again (laughs) That's all he does. Uh, <laughs> oh dear. Probably best, actually. Yeah, I thought it was a good a stellar performance. <laughs> he, um, he, he did it well. <laughs> so he comes tearing down the street of, I can't remember what fucking town it's supposed to be in, some obviously some American sort of sleepy town. Um, and he's coming down, he's driving a Camaro, I think, big uh, muscle car. Mm. And then he rides over some spikes that pop his wheel. So he gets out and takes a look and he's a bit annoyed. Then he pops his trunk, and like any hardcore man, he reaches in for a can of fizzy pop, and he seems to have this whole case <laughs> of this this punch, isn't it? It's just called punch, and he saw every time he drinks yeah. it, he does that whole thing after he's taking a sip of it. Yeah, he does. I'm assuming it's like some kind of energy drink. I was looking, at, is it alcoholic or something? But I, I think it's just like an energy drink or something, isn't it? But he's got fucking loads of them. And yeah, every time he drinks it, he just sort of gives that uh, really satisfied sort of noise. <laughs> So I, I want some of this drink because it looks like, you know, it sorts you out. Yeah, I, I didn't actually look to see. I think it's probably just made for the um for the movie as such. So they didn't have to pay yeah. for like product placement. But if it is real and it makes you go, 
and helps you get through a movie like this. And yeah, I could do with a couple of tins in my fridge. Yeah, definitely. I'll have a couple on the Monday morning, get me through a shit day at work for sure. But yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think it is just um, something made for the movie. But yeah, I couldn't see any sort of recognisable branding or anything on it. One thing I've got to say about Cage, straight off the bat here, he's obviously been at the Just for Men for this movie, hasn't he? I mean, his hair <laughs> and his like, beard is like jet black. I mean, the guy's got to yeah. be like fucking, what, late 50s or something? He's got to be, hasn't he? Yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah, he's um he's definitely been on the old die there, isn't he? Yeah, just for men. Maybe he should have been uh, advertising that. He should have had a little thing in his car. You know, he should have gone to his boot, got his energy drink out, and then just looked towards a just for men or something for a little bit of product placement. That's it. Yeah, might have got a bit of bit more. You know, put it in the trailers and that. You might have got a few more box office sales or something. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It got it got me thinking. I couldn't. I was trying to figure out how old he was because, like, Johnny Depp's like in his fifties and stuff. Nicholas Cage used to be his landlord, so I just think he's probably got to be a bit fucking older, really. So yeah, <laughs> for, he's whipped out. He's doing a John Travolta, isn't he? He's like dyed his hair jet black and just looks a bit stupid. Uh, he's fifty-seven, actually. Which, uh-huh. to be fair, I thought he'd probably be older than that. Just googling him now. Yeah, well, fair play. He's 57, apparently. So, fair play, yeah. Cage. Good. Good. Okay, amazing what a bit of energy drinking just for men can do. Maybe I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so then we he calls a, a tow truck, um, and we get sort of a time lapse of him drinking his drink and going, Ugh. and then his <laughs> truck eventually <laughs> turns up and sort of tows his car, and he gets in and sort of goes with them. And then we get a cut to another character, um, and she's played by an actress called Emily Toster. I think the character, I'm just going to try and find her name because that's how prepared I am. She plays a character L- called Liv. Liv, yeah. And the only thing, the only three actors I recognise in this movie is obviously Cage. Um, her, she actually plays in this show called The Mayans. She's a character called Coco's Daughter. So anyone watches The Mayans, any Sons of Anarchy fan, she's in that. And then we've also got Beth Grant, but everyone else I've never seen before in my life in anything. I didn't recognise anyone apart from obviously uh, Mr. Cage himself. So I've not seen those things. But yeah, she's called Liv. Um, obviously, she plays quite a big part in the film. Yeah, so she's trying to burn down uh, an establishment called Willie's Wonderland and she gets arrested before she can do so and taken off to the, the sheriff's office. Now, the sheriff is played by Beth Grant. Uh, she's called Sheriff London. This Now, Beth Grant has been in bloody loads of movies, like loads of horror movies as well. Like she's in Chucky 2. Uh, or Child's Play 2, as it's called, sorry. Um, and she's also been in things like Donnie Darko. As soon as you see her, you'd probably recognise her, most moviegoers out there. But, yeah, so they're the kind of the only three that I'd recognise, but the only two I'd say that are actually kind of box office known is probably Beth and Nick. Mm, well, I've seen Donnie Darko, but I can't remember really much about that film, and I certainly didn't fucking understand it, so I definitely didn't recognise her. Yeah, I've seen that film a few times. I do like it, but hey, I don't have a fucking clue what goes on in that movie. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> don't think you're supposed um, to know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she's been arrested. And then as she's kind of been taken to the sheriff's office and bollocked by uh, Sheriff Lund, Cage comes by in the tow truck and they kind of see each other, referencing that they'll probably like, bump into each other further down the line. Now, the old tow truck dude. He uh, gives Nicolas Cage a quote for fixing the tyres for his Camaro, and he says it's going to be top dollar, but Cage has no money. So the, the uh, tow truck guy's like, well, I'll tell you what, you can work it off overnight. I'll introduce you to a geezer who turns out to be a guy called Tex. And basically, he wants Nick Cage's character to go into this rundown kind of family restaurant, a sort of Chuck E. Cheese type place, be the janitor for the night, clean it up as best he can, and he'll take that as payment for fixing up his car and getting the tyres. So Cage kind of just grunts at him, and which I assume <laughs> is supposed to be an agreement, and he heads in to start um, cleaning this place called Willie's Wonderland. Uh, yeah, what do you think about the film so far? <laughs> well, it's a strange intro, isn't it? Because like you say, Nick Cage doesn't say anything, and you're like, is he going to speak throughout the whole film? And um, he doesn't, spoiler alert. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? It's just, I don't know, I didn't really know what to make of it. I, I knew this film was going to be weird on the back of seeing the trailer and obviously what we watched last week, but this was a better intro than, um, uh, fucking, I can't remember what it's called, Mandy, because I actually wanted to watch more, whereas Mandy, I could have turned it off after the first five minutes. So yeah, I was <laughs> kind of, I was kind of intrigued because, Nick Cage was being a bit more interesting in this, I thought, by not saying anything. So maybe, you know, not saying anything is his forte. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you actually, don't get me wrong, I mean, he's not like fucking Tom Hanks or anything, but he actually, you actually take a bit more notice of his acting because it's all about mm. in this where he doesn't speak, it's his expressions and his body language, isn't it? And it's like, like you say, he does manage to carry the movie. You're kind of watching it, waiting for something stupid to happen because you know what's going to happen. It's bloody Nick Cage. But you are, <laughs> like you say, the movie is intriguing. Um, and another thing about the film as well is it seems to be quite self-aware like all the way through, it doesn't try to be, it's not trying to be something it's not, it is quite self-aware of just how fucking ridiculous everything is about to become. But yeah, it's just yeah. a kind of a basic setup, isn't it? But yeah, I, um, this sort of opening, I was like, yeah, this is fucking weird, but I am actually looking forward to seeing where it's going to go. Yeah, the, the film's kind of a parody of itself, isn't it? It definitely doesn't take itself seriously, and I think it, it's all for the best for that. Uh, I, yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, we'll, we'll carry on. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? So just to go off track there, but we all love the old B movies. I mean, we've reviewed quite a few of them and <laughs> we're obviously fans <laughs> of them from back in the day. And back in those, you know, they were made with a budget and they knew it was a budget back then. But a lot of the modern day horror that try and replicate that, they try too hard, don't they? They try and be too cool or they try and be too edgy to try and make mm. themselves that B movie quality. And it just doesn't work. I mean, all the remakes of the Stephen King movies are fucking shit in my opinion. Like, the two It movies are fucking dreadful. But again, at least this just doesn't try to be cool or try to be edgy. It's just like, yeah, it's just Nick Cage with energy drink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's there's no underlying plot or anything, is there? There's nothing trying to be particularly politically correct or woke or anything about trying to, you know, go down that line. It just is what it is. Yeah. So... Old Cage goes in there, and it, it looks like a bit of a shaky place. And this guy texts the guy who owns it. He sort of gives him this story, like you know, he used to be a really popular establishment, and then there was a few, a few people obviously tried to um, I can't really think of the word now, but trying to like slander the place, and they got a bad reputation and got shut down. But he wants it tidied up and cleaned up so they can reopen it and bring back a family establishment. He shows in this little video that's been made up, a little like song and dance. There's plenty of musical numbers in this movie. Um, and then he kind of leaves Cage to it. So Cage just fills up the fucking fridge, doesn't he? Because the guy's <laughs> he like, does. he's going to leave him in there all overnight. And he's like, don't forget to take breaks and help yourself to anything in the kitchen. It's like, well, this space apparently has been like left dilapidated for like 10 <laughs> years. There's not going to be anything worth eating. I mean, it's a fast food restaurant. The food's probably fucking like eating cancer anyway. So you're not going to fucking have something that's been stale for 10 years, are you? Yeah, well, let's be fair though. Kate doesn't need food; he just needs his bloody drink. So he he puts like a fucking crate of them in the fridge, and there's that <laughs> "It's Your Birthday" song playing, which is actually and quite creepy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking that was stuck in my head like for the whole night after watching this film. That bloody song. But yeah, um, like you say, you wouldn't want any food out of it. And Nick Cage gets a Willy's Wonderland T-shirt out of the the closet, doesn't he? He's, there's like um all these t-shirts and he puts on his Willy's Wonderland t-shirt and I'm wondering if you can get those they, they must be available because they're pretty cool aren't they well this movie does yeah it does have the makings of a bit of a cult classic as mm. like, we'll, we'll discuss as time goes on and there's loads of product placement but yeah those t-shirts do look cool like, if I actually saw one I'd probably end up buying one because I'm a bit obsessed with just buying t-shirts that obviously have like logos for movies and stuff on there but yeah I'd, I'd wear a Willy's Wonderland t-shirt I'd drink yeah, punch I... energy drink as well <laughs> Well, yeah, as long as it wasn't full of sugar, because that would drive me crazy. But yeah, I um, I did think those t-shirts are pretty cool, and they've got to be available out there somewhere. I should have probably um had a quick look before we did this, because um, yeah, I, I'd definitely be up for one of those. So, old uh, Cage starts, you know, going on his duties and starts cleaning, and there's all these um these kind of mascots, like they're up on this big stage, and they're like the Willy's Wonderland kind of characters, if you will. They're all different animals. There's like a big fucking gorilla. And um, I can't remember what all the different animals are. One There's of them giraffe, is like an otter in there, there. giraffe, yeah, giraffe thing, yeah, lots of quite creepy-looking stuffed mascoty type things. Um, one thing, and my girlfriend said this, and um, Five Nights at Freddy. I don't know. I'm sure you're aware of the game. She said it must be inspired by that, and I, I was like, yeah, I can kind of see that. I'm, I'm not 100% down with that game, but I know my daughter's pointing me in that direction, and it just thought i thought of that as well that sort of weird characterization was definitely a throwback to that i thought yeah yeah that's a good shout again i'm aware of that game i've seen the merchandise about i've never mm. actually played it but yeah i think it is the same concept like you're trapped inside a kind of 
a restaurant place and these fucking weird animals or creatures come to life and try and kill you and you just gotta survive until dawn basically but yeah maybe that is a big kind of um like inspiration for this movie because it doesn't really do much other much more than that as a plot really no it doesn't and i mean obviously we'll talk about it as we go on but there's no uh character development for nick cage is there we learn nothing about him as this film goes on at all i think that's one of the best things though because i like, just he is just consistent in this isn't he like he just starts fucking <laughs> clean and like a bit like as it's kind of building up to what's going to happen he's like cleaning and like you see like the um the uh the mascots they're kind of watching him aren't they their heads turn and follow him and every mm. now and then he just kind of stops and looks over his shoulder and in this movie did you notice he's always got like his bottom lip sticking out like he's pouting <laughs> or something it just pulls his dopey look stares at them and then he just carries on with his cleaning it goes yeah. about his job really he's he's completely not phased at all either is he like these things obviously we'll go for it as we talk about the film but they start attacking him and stuff and shit starts going down and he just doesn't seem bothered does he it's just like yeah another day he's just not bothered by it at all yeah because exactly. um we sort of get another shot around this sort of time of live now she's been like handcuffed to the fucking radiator in the sheriff's office and then all her kind of friends and now these are like the most stereotypically obnoxious hipster kids that you see in these films like this little like there's five or six of them and they come along and just kind of free her and break her out and then she's like oh they they've managed to get someone else now. We need to go and save him and then we need to burn it down. And obviously that's referencing uh, Willy's Wonderland. So Liv and her now sort of group of cronies want to go back to Willy's Wonderland, get Nicolas Cage out of there and then carry on setting fire to it. So they head back. And then I think it's around this time that we see Nicolas Cage. He's just like doing some work and I don't know which one comes to life, but he just suddenly gets attacked by this fucking mascot. And I was like this massive kind of like showdown with him stomps him to death then just puts him in a fucking black bag changes his t-shirt to a clean one and just fucking carries on again yeah like i say he's completely not phased by it at all is he it's just like this is a normal day in my life this fucking stuffed toy obviously human-sized stuffed toys attacked me i've twatted him i've killed him um i'm just going to carry on cleaning now and obviously have another energy drink in the process he does yeah because this is where this is probably like the thing I took away most from this movie. Every he does take his breaks like his like the text guy told him to. So he always stops for an energy drink and then he finds a pinball table and he sort of starts cleaning it up, doesn't he? And as it sort of gradually goes on, every time he takes a break, the pinball table is like cleaner and cleaner. Then he just starts playing it. Um but we kind of get the build up to his big kind of like <laughs> moment with the pinball table. But yeah, it's just fucking weird because he just doesn't seem to react. Even when he's fighting these things, he doesn't look angry. Or scared yeah. or anything, he just beats them up, and yeah. it's quite suggestive because even though it's like animal parts, it must be this one actually. It's like the ostrich. He like rips its spine out, doesn't he? Like a fucking predator, he rips its spine out and its skull. But where it's animatronics and oil and stuff, it obviously isn't gory, but it's suggestive. Yeah, it's kind of they make the oil like sort of bloody, don't they? Um, and going back to where he has his energy drinks, he sets an alarm, doesn't he? And it goes off every. I don't know. I don't know if we see how long he sets it for, but it's like clockwork. His alarm goes off. He goes to the fridge, gets his energy drink, has a quick game of pinball, and then goes back to his cleaning and then twats a few fucking animatronic things in between. Yeah. And that's pretty much the rinse and repeat of the fucking movie. Nearly finished the episode already. That's it. That's the movie. <laughs> that is, yeah. That's it. That's all we need to say. <laughs> Not a lot really happens, but yeah. I mean, every, and, he, and every time he takes his drink, you get the same shot. It's like the fridge opening. You have got the camera inside the fridge. He reaches in, gets a can, cracks Goes, it open, uh... takes a swig. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Then he plays pinball, which gets more and more fucking elaborate as the movie goes on. <laughs> but he's, you know, fair play to him. Whatever, you know, he's driving this guy. He's, he's true to his word, and he? he sets his alarm. And like you say, he's by clockwork. He doesn't mess around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like I say, there's no character development, but it kind of works because maybe he didn't want to know more about him. And, you know, again, I don't want to spoil anything. But um, you don't find anything about him throughout the whole film. It's just Nicolas Cage just drinking his drinks, twatting things and playing pinball. <laughs> That's what they, like, you should write like, you know, what? on you get in the front of like Blu-rays and stuff, and you get like the little <laughs> couple of word synopsis. You should fucking just start writing them because that was perfect. That just, is this a movie in a nutshell. <laughs> People would buy it, I'm sure. You know, maybe yeah. I'll... Um, I'll, I'll go down to um to marketing people and say, this is my synopsis. What do you reckon? 
you know, that's my CV. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's, he's he's killed one of them. And again, as we say, he's completely unfazed at this point. So he's just gotten back to cleaning. Now Liv and her sort of crew turn up outside and they're going to burn the place down. And then she looks through and they're like, oh shit, he's still alive. He hasn't been killed yet. So now we need to get him out. So Liv decides she's going to go in there and try and talk the janitor, Nick Cage's character, into coming out. And then they're going to burn the place down. And her friends are the most fucking annoying bunch of bellends I think oh, I've ever seen are. in the movie, at least recently. They they were like complete fucking idiots. I was like, I'd have been happy if this movie was just Nick Cage in that place and the whole movie was just him. But like Tom Hanks in Castaway, but obviously not as not quite as kind of like <laughs> well made. But like, yeah, these lot just fucking irritated me. Yeah, they were, um, I mean, we've talked about it before. They were pure cannon fodder, weren't they? I mean, you weren't supposed to like them. They're all fucking annoying in their own sort of way. Um, but yeah, you're right. They're not really into Liv going in and sorting Nick Cage out. They're like, yeah, let's just burn the fucking place down. He's in there. Who gives a shit? He's just another guy. Um, but yeah, they're they're just there to um, to die, really, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So she goes in, and one of the one of the guys in the crew has got like a, the fucking hot throw or something. So he's like saying, "Oh, we need to go in and help her," because she finds Cage and is like, "Oh, look, you need to get out of here." And he's just completely fucking ignoring her, isn't he? Just like, <laughs> yeah. just like and he's carrying on. And then they get attacked, and she sees him kill one of the um, the kind of mascot things, and she's like, "Holy shit!" Wasn't expecting that. He puts it in a black bag, stacks it up by the door next to the other dead dead one that he's killed, and <laughs> the shirt again, and just fucking carries on. And so she's just like, "Jesus, I don't know what to do here." Then the fucking odd squad are up on the roof saying, "Oh yeah, we need to try and go in," and the roof just fucking falls into. Now they're all in the bloody the building, aren't they? And they all land in like the ball pit in the arcade area. Yeah, because she, um, when she first goes into the place, lives. She's crawling through these vents, isn't she? She gets attacked by that like crocodile mascot. I think that's the one you just said that Nick twats and kills. It's not, it's not really a, a Dallas in the um, alien vents, is it? It's not kind of that tense moment. It's almost laughable, really. It is. Yeah, it's almost like they were trying to go for the alien vibe and then realised that this isn't <laughs> going to happen. So we'll just we'll just do what we can and hope for the best. Yeah. So um, now that um, they're all in there, like they sort of like spot Cage, and he just again, he's just really like not phased by them falling through the roof. And one thing here, I don't know if you notice, but they fall through, and the whole roof caves in, and they all come in, but no debris falls into the ball pit with them. <laughs> I I didn't notice that to be fair, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty cartoony all the way through, isn't it? Even the violence is just fucking. <laughs> cartoon violence in a way i mean it's a 15 rated film i believe um and probably for for a reason because there, there is some gore in it although it's not exactly full-on gore i mean i i paid 3.99 on prime i i bought this it was 3.99 to to buy and i thought fuck it i'll buy it um yeah 15 rated and probably that is the right sort of rating just because there is some violence in it very cartoony over the top violence but yeah uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like you say, these guys, these kids, or like you know, teenagers, whatever they're supposed to be, um, obviously now that they're in there, they're just there to be fodder. Because up till now, the only violence has been a Nick Cage against the, like, the animatronics, basically. So everything you've seen is suggestive. It's mechanical with the oil looking like blood. Now they're in here, they start getting killed off bit by bit. And they do have some pretty elaborate kind of evil dead style deaths, don't you? Like it's really stupidly over the top with like loads of strawberry jam going everywhere but <laughs> it kind of does pick up and yeah you're right I think a 15 rating is about right for this one yeah I mean like we, we've talked about before to get an 18 rating these days it has to be fucking mad or a Tarantino film so yeah I think I think 15 was right um, where the violence is cartoony like you say the, the oil and stuff I mean, there is some blood in it later on as well when some of the kids get killed, isn't there? Yeah. So now they're speaking of the kids, they're sort of like looking around and being like, shit, he's actually killed two of them. And then they, I think some of them are like, you know, he might actually be able to pull this off, whoever this guy is. And he's not talking to him. He's just kind of staring at them and then he just shoves them out of the way so he can go about his cleaning job and carries on. And they're like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you cleaning? You know, this place is like, it's all full of lies. What the guy told you texts. It's all a lie, basically. This place is like a murder scene. Um, people come in here and die all the time, and he's just like uh, shrugging away and like doing his fucking cleaning and stuff. He's but then they're like, "Oh, maybe, he? 
Yeah, yeah, he's not not having a, <laughs> not messing about. And then I swear his watch goes off and he just fucks off and leaves him, doesn't he? he goes back to playing pinball and having his like uh, drink. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, he's he's literally not interested in anything. He doesn't interact with them at all. He just goes, yep, yeah, whatever. Don't even speak. Goes off, gets another drink, carries on cleaning. So he's properly down with his cleaning. He wants he wants that done. He wants it sorted. Yeah, so now the the kids they kind of they split off into groups. Um, there's two of them. There's some blonde girl who's just fucking completely irritating and won't stop chewing gum, and her boyfriend. And they kind of wander off somewhere. They go and not have the obligatory sex scene that every horror movie needs to have. The guy, I think, it's the guy who fancies Liv. He ends up like somewhere, and one of the um the animatronics tries to like talk to him, doesn't he? And says, oh, "I'm not like the others. I'm not a killer. Yeah. I, you know, we can be friends and stuff." So he's kind of loosely being manipulated by her while Nick Cage is fucking playing pinball and they all just kind of start to split up and this is where they also start to get kind of picked off as well yeah um I think Chris's name is isn't it the the guy who um fancies Liv yeah this this thing's trying to play mind mind games with him saying that that she's almost human and stuff and everything and she's not like the others and then the two that go off into the room the blonde bimbo for want of a better word, and the the guy, like they're they're getting at it, and they they've got their clothes on. You know, in these films, if it was an eighties film, she definitely would have had her tits out, wouldn't she? Because there was any excuse in an eighties horror film to get the tits out. But she she's got a bra on, she's got her skirt on, even, and they're going for it. And then she keeps thinking she's seen something move, and he's like, "No, there's nothing moving." But one of the animatronics is in the background, moving towards them, isn't it? yeah bit by bit because the camera's kind of going around them and not mm. being funny i mean these kids kind of know what this place is because it turns out that the animatronics used to kill children they'd invite a family or children into like the the, the birthday party room and then they'll be murdered that's the real reason it was shut down um that they, that's what the kids tell cage that he ignores them so they the kids themselves they know these things are dangerous and it's dangerous being in here yet these two decide to have a little bit of how's your father just fucking like <laughs> horror movie logic through and through isn't it yeah, I can't remember what the room's called, but they're like, let's go off to this room. And it's all kind of fucking weird. It's like a, a loved up sort of room. But yeah, like you say, I mean, you wouldn't do it, would you, in real life? They're just, they're absolutely just there to be killed off. Yeah. And then they do die pretty brutally, actually, I think these two. I swear, um, I think, like the, the boyfriend guy, he fucking gets his head ripped off or something. I, I haven't watched it for a few days. And I can't remember how they all die individually, but some of these deaths do get a bit gnarly. Like one guy gets like fucking cut in half by like a surfboard or something. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember how they die either. It was a few days ago. I watched it as well, and quite a lot's happened since then. We're recording this a few days later than we normally would for anyone due to technical reasons. So some of it's a bit sketchy in my mind as well. But yeah, they, they do both. Um, cop an unfortunate death unfortunately but that's what they were there for i guess yeah exactly and this is this is where like the, the movie it just it doesn't really have a plot as we said before like a couple of times this is just the, how it revolves around cage is cleaning the place every now and then he stops to have a drink and play pinball and in between he just gets into fights with these animatronics and now the kids are in here the kids keep getting attacked most of them end up just dying one by one and he tries to save a couple of them but what he ends up doing is just I don't think he really cares about the kids. He just wants to kill the animatronics. He puts them in bin bags and stacks them up and goes about his job. But as the movie goes on, it's fucking every time he's playing pinball, he gets more and more elaborate, doesn't he? Like starts doing these little, <laughs> like these little dances, and every all the lighting around him starts going all fucking neon. It looks like it's about to step into like Mandy territory. And every time he has his break, he's just doing this really weird dance, and his hair's becoming all over the place. It's just. I can't fucking describe it, but when you watch it, there's no way anyone can watch these scenes without laughing. Yeah, thank God it didn't get handy territory. There's a little bit of slow-mo as well in a couple of the bits where he starts dancing around the pinball machine, but it's nowhere near as bad as Mandy was. Um, that thing, the uh, animatronic thing that starts talking to Chris, it, it reminded me of um, Jigsaw from Saw, but like a female version. I don't know if you got that vibe. Yeah, it kind of jigsaw mixed with a Furby. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely a strange one. I'm not sure what it was trying to be. But yeah, it definitely was a bit strange. Obviously, you've got a giraffe and a fucking crocodile. But yeah, that was sort of a weird one, I thought. And some kind yeah. of weird sort of fairy type one as well, isn't there? Well, that one was fucking weird. That was creepy yeah. as 
fact there's little tick like not little but like tinkerbell style one with this mm. crazy fucking mouth and eyes and i think willie himself the leader i think he's supposed to be a weasel isn't he willie the weasel is his name yeah yeah i think so that that would make sense yeah because then we start we see the sheriff and she i think it's around this time that she kind of reveals what really happened i'm not going to try and go into the depths of the plot here because i've completely forgotten what the fuck happens <laughs> there's not but a big she plot. mentioned no, it kind of goes into kind of child's play territory. So basically, Willy's Wonderland was created and it was founded by like a, an ex-murderer or like a complete psychopath, basically. And he hired all these staff that are all lunatics as well. And that's where they used to kill children. And then they um, use some kind of voodoo to transfer themselves into the mascot. So the, because they're possessed by the souls of these like, weird like psycho killers and Willy's a leader, basically. So the sheriff and Tex, they bought the place, but the, um, the animatronics started killing the new guests, and now they made a deal so that if they feed Willie and his crew a victim like every night or every week, wherever it's supposed to be, they'll send him in there with the same lie that they told Nick Cage. You know, if you go in and clean the place, you know, we'll pay for like your car rides. They basically set up traps, don't they, to make sure that all these yeah. people passing through, like their cars break down or something happens, and that's how they kind of trick them into going to work. And that way they feed the killers, and the killers agree not to come out of the store and not to hurt anyone. So it's kind of like a deal they've made, isn't it, to try and keep the peace within this small town? Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, I know Nick in this film isn't the most savvy person. He just drinks and plays pinball. But you think he probably would have seen somewhere, you know, this, this must have been quite a big thing on the news or something, that this place, people were disappearing in that. But he doesn't seem phased by it or anything. He just turns up, does his shit, and obviously cleans. And we won't spoil the end just just now. But he's he's totally unaware of what's going on, or is he aware? I don't know because we never find out his character, do we? Well, that's it. And that's again a little bit of the genius. Like at times, I was like, "Has he come here on purpose?" I was thinking mm. maybe there's a twist here. Like maybe someone he knows died here, so he came here like a like a hunter or something like that. Like he's, there's more to him than we know. And he was going to have like a twist of a story. But the twist actually turns out that it was Liv's family, wasn't it? Liv's family were victims when she was a child. And the sheriff um, and they adopted got her, didn't she? Yeah, or... she survived the night. And the sheriff found her and adopted her. And all, this, all these years, like, Liv's wanted to basically just destroy Willy's Wonderland to stop the evil, so to speak. But that's the twist. That's the only character that's got any fucking plot. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like you say, the whole way through the, th- the film, I was thinking... Nick Cage knows what's going on. He's aware of all this. He's, he's you know, been on the internet, maybe. Who knows? But he doesn't. It's just, there's no expansion of his character at all. So in between Nick Cage and all his shenanigans and the kids dying off bit by bit, one bit that I do remember, you, you might remember this as well, JT, there's no point in trying to describe all the different fight scenes and stuff to the listeners because you really have to see this movie to kind of un- just get <laughs> what's going on. But he's he's in the toilets cleaning them. And then he's like, a fucking one of the gorillas, I think it's a gorilla-shaped thing, attacks him. And it throws him into one of the cubicle doors. And then Nick Cage comes charging out of a fucking plunger, just like hits him in the face <laughs> and he starts like plunging his mouth, doesn't he? And then he's like choking with a fucking plunger. <laughs> yeah, he does. That, that was quite funny, actually. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I just remembered that. Yeah, that was quite good. And like you say, there's there's no point going into death by death because, as you say, you really need to watch this um, because some of them are quite comical. Um, they're, they're all quite similar, the way he kills things. He just sort of batters them with various implements, doesn't he? Yeah, and he seems really capable as well, doesn't he? Because I swear at one point he's got like a broomstick and he's using it like a bloody, like a staff. Then it snaps mm. in half and he's like dual wielding it. So that's again what made me think at one point, maybe he is going to turn out to be like he's come here for purpose. But I thought, you know, the story that Liv had, like we said, you know, she survived when she is a child and she's coming back. I thought that would be Nicolas Cage's plot twist, but it's not. He just happens to be a really capable, really cavalier guy who just doesn't really give a shit. He just wants his car fixed. Who's also good at cleaning and likes pinball, um, so and loves energy drinks as well. Maybe me, he is good at cleaning though, isn't he? Because you think how <laughs> they do a good job of making this place look grotty. And when he goes into the bathroom and obviously cleans, like he's cleaning like the urinals and stuff. I did stop and think, you know, 
fucking fair play to cleaners who do that for a living, you know, wiping up other people's like piss and whatnot. It can't be fucking pleasant, but he has this place looking squeaky clean, doesn't he? Like better than new. Yeah, he does. <laughs> there's um there's one bit as well, again in the toilets where there's graffiti and that all over the walls and he manages to clean all that off and that's fucking hard. So yeah, fair play to him. I don't know what he's using, but he's bloody good at cleaning. All, all he wanted for the night was a fridge to keep his drinks in, I think. Yeah. And that fridge is like miraculously really like squeaky clean as well, isn't it? Like he's in the yeah, kitchen and everything else looks all haggard, yet the inside of this fridge looks like it's like brand new, like it's just come out of fucking curries or something. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, going back to the old graffiti on the wall, like that would have had to be painted over, wouldn't it? Like he needed like a proper job done yeah. in there. And all we see at the start is he's got like a fucking mop and a fucking little squirty bottle and a few rags. <laughs> and that's how he's going to clean this whole bloody place. But he makes it look fucking pristine. Yeah, he properly cleans it off. I, I'll give him a go, you know. I'll employ him. Give him a couple of any drinks. He can clean my place any day. <laughs> so now we're kind of getting to like the end of the movie. Like the kids are kind of being picked off one by one. Liv's just kind of following Nick around because he just manages to fucking save her when he's not dancing around with his pinball machine. <laughs> but then we've also got outside, we've got um, Tex, the guy who owns the place, and the sheriff. They've cottoned on to the fact that, oh, shit, you know, Cage is actually, he's killing these things off, and we can't allow, you know, this plot not to go on, or their little scheme to go kind of, like, broken, because they need the peace within the town. So now, like, they go in there. I swear they go, like, the um, sheriff goes in to get Liv, as he tries to arrest Nick Cage, and again, with a shotgun pointed at him, he just doesn't give a shit, does he? He just throws some black bags down and carries on fucking doing his job. Yeah, he's not um, faced at all. Yeah. And then it's down to, like, the sheriff, Tex, Liv, and Nick. Now they're all locked in there, pretty much. I think, actually, Tex buggers off. It's just the sheriff, Liv, and Nick. And then they have, like, the final showdown. I think you've got, like, the... um the weird Furby monster. You've got Chucky... Not Chucky Cheese. Old fucking Willie the Weasel. And the bloody pixie thing as well. And it's just like a showdown between the final three. Yeah, it is. We get, we get some more slow-mo as well. Um, um, Your favourite. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, in this, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't overly done. It was it was quite good, the slow-mo. Um, I'm a little bit lost as to where we're at now. But yeah, there is a bit of a showdown. Nick's drinking his fucking drinks, having a, another pinball sesh, dancing around, getting a bit trippy. And then, yeah, it all just sort of kicks off, doesn't it, a little bit? It does, yeah, because I swear the sheriff has a really fucking brutal death. Like, I think um, Willie comes to life now, like the big the big cheese. And he, like, I swear he, like, just fucking hits her and so, like, she snaps in half, doesn't she? And like, all the blood's, yes. like, pissing out of, like, her waist or something. Like, she has a really a proper, like, 15-rated death, this one. Yeah, he does chop her in half, old, uh, old Willie. Yeah, he properly fucks her up. And then... um. He, um, he has a bit of a fight with Nick Cage and chucks him in the ball pit. And I think that's in slow-mo as well around here. It might have been when the sheriff dies in slow-mo, but I know there's quite a big slow-mo scene. And then Nick just gets out of the ball pit. Like, Willie's just chopped the sheriff in half and chucked Nick in the ball pit. So he just gets out and just goes and grabs another drink from the fridge and just cracks on. Yeah, it's, fucking, it's so weird. <laughs> and there's a bit as well, like, I swear he's in a room um, and he's got the the Furby... And he's got um, the pixie in there. And it's like a song player. And he's got his hands behind his back. And he's just kind of dancing with them, isn't he? They're like stood like away from each other. And they just start like dancing and bobbing away. And then they're kind of fighting, but dancing at the same time. Yes, I can't remember what the song is. I've got it in my notes somewhere. But yeah, he is literally dancing around. And it's fucking strange. I mean, it's not on Mandy levels of strange. But it is a weird film. Definitely. I, I can't see in my notes what that song was. I, I'm sure I made a note of it. But yeah, it goes quite well, though. It sort of fits in with the whole premise of the film. Yeah. But yeah, I remember that was a good stand-up. But like, the second part of this movie, again, like, how it all comes together frame by frame, I can't remember. We're doing a really shit job of reviewing this, but seriously, <laughs> anyone who's seen it will know what a fucking weird movie it is. But if anyone hasn't, and you're actually still with us on this episode, you need to check this movie out in a way, because You've got to kind of see it to believe it. And even when you see it, you probably won't believe what you just watched. It's weird, isn't it? Because before we started recording, we were like, right, there's not much of a plot. We just roll with it. And now I'm going through it thinking I'm fucking totally thrown out by what we're saying because it was nearly a week ago now that I watched this. And although there isn't much of a plot, 
it's one of those weird films. It's difficult to describe. It is. It's, it's not even a film. It's an experience. It's a Nicolas Cage <laughs> experience. That's what it should have been billed as. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. <laughs> so they pretty much got to the point now where Nick's having a big old showdown with old Willie, and he he defeats him basically. Um, and then Tex, who did escape earlier, yeah, because Tex is waiting outside with the um, with the what's his name like the. The tow guy, truck guy who's yeah, turned up with, guy. yeah, yeah, with um, Nick Cage's car. Now this bit made no sense because obviously, I say this bit made no sense. Most of it made no <laughs> sense, but so they obviously put a stinger out to pop his wheels, and then they said, "Oh yeah, we'll fix up your car overnight. We'll meet you in the morning." Um, and if they obviously were expecting him to die, why would they have bothered fixing up his car in the first place? Yeah, they do, yeah. and they bring it here. It's obviously so he can drive off. But if you were doing that, and you're like, yeah, they're going to be dead in 10 minutes, you wouldn't waste your time fixing the car, would you? No, not at all. And they're both outside celebrating. They think Nick's dead, don't they? They're celebrating in the car, going, yeah, it's all fucking over. We've got the car, happy days. Probably the nicest car they've had for a while, I'd imagine. So it is quite a nice Camaro, isn't it, like you say? Yeah, it's all really nicely beefed up. So they're sort of sat outside going, oh, yeah, this this will be good. One thing Those I will say, notice... sorry, Go ahead. just yeah. before you carry on, like Tex is saying he's going to reopen Willy's Wonderland and everything. Now all the machines are gone. They've realised that Nick's, that Nick's killed all the machines, which we'll get to in a second. How the fuck could you reopen that place? Do you know what I mean? That that must have been all over the news. All these people have disappeared and stuff and everything. He's like, yeah, maybe we'll reopen it and make it like an actual proper fun fair, whatever it's supposed to be. That could never happen in a million years. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. As soon as there's that slightest bit of stigma about a place, it just never works, does it? There's actually a, no. a pub a pub local to me um, years ago. One of the landlords um, who owned it at the time like, hung himself in there. And ever since that happened, like two or three other landlords came in and the pub never made any money and they actually had to sell it off. It's now being converted into flats. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as soon as there's a slightest thing, like that sort of thing, no one is ever going to go to that establishment. It'd probably just be knocked down, wouldn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So they're, they're now just sort of waiting outside for Nick Cage, who sort of comes out of his black bags and throws them in the trash. And he sort of just grunts at them as he heads back in finishing up his job, and they're looking through, thinking, fuck, now he's tired of this place up. Because it does, it looks absolutely pristine in there. I don't know how he's managed yeah, it, it. No, no, fair play to him. After all that shit he's been through, he's managed to clean as well. <laughs> yeah, and dispose of actual proper dead bodies as well as animatronic ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then it turns out that the pixie robot mascot thing isn't dead. It's kind of hiding behind the um, like the dumpster, isn't it? It's sort of like watching yeah. Hex and the, um, the kind of the other guy, the tow truck dude. So Cage comes out with Liv and he gets his car back and Tex is just like, well, you actually did a really good job. So thanks. He shakes his hand. And again, there's no kind of like, if you were Cage, you'd probably like punch him or something, wouldn't you? But he doesn't. He just like shakes his hand, goes and yeah. sits in his car. Liv joins him. She gets in the car with him and then they just drive off. And then the fucking tow truck guy and Tex get into Tex's car and he's like, oh, well, now we're going to have to, you know, think of something to do. Then um, suddenly the pixie turns up behind them and blows their car up. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking weird, isn't it? And then, so Nick and Liv are now in the Camaro and um, they're, they're driving off. Nick opens another fucking drink and gives it to her. And then there's that weird fucking parrot animatronic thing. They drive into that. It sort of goes, oh, shit, in Spanish. You get um, a translation. So they kill it. And then it pretty much ends. And that's the end of the film. And I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> but fair play to, to Nick Cage. But Liv's got in the car with him and stuff. She doesn't know this guy. hasn't even fucking said a word throughout the whole film. And she's trusting him with her life. I know he has saved her to a certain extent. But he's managed to get all the other ones killed. And she just thinks, oh, yeah, he's the man. I'm just going to go with him. Yeah, because she's not particularly cut up about all her friends dying like horrible deaths. Because they do. Like Some of them die some really brutal deaths. Obviously, her the sheriff, who was her kind of step-up, like, adopted mum, she's now dead, despite the fact, obviously, she was in on the whole kind of conspiracy. But, yeah, she just gets in the car with this complete fucking stranger. You know, that's how bad things happen in the world. But it's not in the cage. <laughs> now driving around with, like, some fucking teenage girl giving her energy drink. And it's like, it's such a fucking peculiar ending. 
It is a peculiar ending. I mean, I suppose it's the lesser of two evils for, for Liv. I mean, she hasn't had a great time of it. So she, maybe she's putting all her trust into Nick Cage. But again, as we've said all the way throughout the film, we don't know anything about him. We don't know if he's a fucking mentalist or what he is. Um, and also, with all those bloody energy drinks, he's probably going to have a heart attack any second anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he drives like a fucking loony as well with his big muscle car. But it is yeah, a nice does. car. Like you said earlier, it is a very nice car. Yeah, it is. Um, that that's pretty much the film, isn't it? I mean, we haven't really done it justice. We've kind of, I mean, we've bumbled through most of them. This is probably one of our <laughs> most bumbling ones. But where do you start with this sort of film? I mean, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because just to break it down, it is just a case of they shove him in there to clean the place, thinking he's going to be killed by these animatronics. Yeah, he manages to kill them all, save Liv, and um, do his job and um, leave, and that's it. And in between, yeah. as we say, all he does is drink energy drink, play pinball, and doesn't say a fucking word. It's just, that is the plot, if you can call it that. And, and it works. We, it's just yeah. fucking odd. It, yeah, it does. And as we've said on quite a few other podcasts, um, crew expendable. The other characters just get picked off one by one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, go, going into this, I wasn't expecting, like I say, like a fucking Oscar performance or an Oscar movie, like Saving Private Ryan or something. But yeah, it's... <laughs> It's fucking weird. I don't know what to say about this film. I mean, everyone's probably fucking switched off by now thinking these two are talking shit today, but <laughs> it's well, weird. I think, you know, we've, we've pretty much summed up the film by not saying a lot, because what can you say? So, um, should we give it a score, Brad Roll? Go on. Given um, how much you enjoyed Mandy last week, I think <laughs> you should go first, because I'm really, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this compares in your book of Nicolas Cage movies. Okay. <laughs> right. Right, where do I start? Okay, I mean, it, it is quite funny and really fucking stupid. Um, I don't think we've done the plot and in inverted commas much justice by what we've just said. <laughs> Nick Cage not speaking, I think, is almost kind of genius. All he does is go, every now and again. I mean, <laughs> the only noise he makes is that and the fact when he cracks his energy drinks open, you get a little fizz of the can and a few pinball sounds. But he doesn't actually say anything at all. I don't think he says one actual word, does he, in the whole film? No, he has no actual dialogue, <laughs> apart from the old grunt, and that's pretty much it. And he and apparently improvised a whole pinball dance, but then you'd have to. There's no <laughs> yeah. way you could fucking plan that or choreograph it. No. So I have no idea why he was drinking those energy drinks or whatever they're supposed to be, or playing pinball. It's not explained. Um, maybe that's for the best. The, the violence was comedy level. There was some gore, but it wasn't offensive gore. It was, you know, it was good. Um, he seemed to kill every character in the same sort of way, just batters them with different things. But I actually quite enjoyed it, I must say. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd watch it again. I mean, I bought it. It was three ninety nine to buy, so I've got it on Amazon. I wouldn't rush to watch it again. But I certainly would give it another go. If someone came around and we had a few beers and that, I'd probably say, let's put this on for a laugh. So I'm actually going to give it a generous three udders bread roll. Three udders, that is good, yeah, mm. especially <laughs> compared to last week's outing. But no, no, it's a, that's a good score. I think, you know, pretty good score, actually. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite similar to you. I, I think the movie, like we said earlier, is very self-aware. It's fun. It's silly. Nick Cage, to be honest, it's almost genius, his casting. As you like mentioned there, like the way they've done his character without speaking is almost like the best performance I've seen him do, really. Like it just it plays to his strengths so well, like not speaking. And mm. it's a shame they didn't, you know, in a way I kind of want to know more about him, but also in a way I'm like, you know, I'm kind of glad it was just him turning up, doing something and going again. Yeah. Um, the movie itself, yeah, I, I mean, I own it, I've got it on on blu-ray so yeah i'd watch it again after i finished watching it it was one of those moments where i just kind of sat there and thought to myself what the fuck did i just watch <laughs> the movie's only about half an hour long an hour and a half long half an hour <laughs> an hour and a half long um but it is fun and i would encourage people to watch this film which you probably won't want to do after listening to our podcast but it's just something you've got to fucking see it's just so stupid it's definitely a movie with you know cutler mates cutler beers i would definitely watch it again um and it probably will be a bit of a, a classic, not classic maybe, but one of those kind of like cult favourites as time goes on, the more I watch it. So, yeah, I'm going to give it three others as well. 
Oh, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I pay three ninety nine for it on Amazon. I I didn't regret paying that. Whereas Mandy cost me the same to rent, and that was fucking money down the drain, as far as I was concerned. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I kind of I kind of knew what I was going to get with this. I think I, I knew it was going to be stupid. And to be fair, my girlfriend had watched it as well and gave me a bit of a heads up that Nick didn't say anything throughout the whole film, but she didn't really say much else about it. Um, yeah, I I thought it was. Quite funny, really stupid. Um, I've urged my old man to watch it as well because he's got got my Amazon account. And he's got the old cinema screen. I reckon it looked quite fun on there. It's almost like um, it's almost like a video game to a certain extent, isn't it? Some of it. It is. Yeah, you just got a silent protagonist, um, a couple of side characters that no one cares about, and there's loads of fights and there's boss fight after boss fight, isn't it? But yeah, I did actually like some of the fight scenes. They were pretty well done. They weren't over elaborate or ridiculous. Well, they were ridiculous, but like they weren't obviously massively choreographed. It was just in your face a little bit, suggestive gore, and then the real gore kicked in for the second part of the movie. But yeah, yeah, it was definitely definitely watchable. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I think it's eighty eight minutes, and once it gets started, it's just one fight after another. There's not really much let up, is there? Certainly not a lot of uh, plot elaboration or anything going on. And those songs will get stuck in your head. Those fucking Willy's Wonderland birthday songs, you will be singing them once you've watched this movie. Yeah, they certainly will. But yeah, overall, yeah, I think three others each. I think that's done quite well. Indeed, yeah. So if you have made it this far into the episode, thanks for staying with us <laughs> while we blundered this one. Um, next week, we're actually going to be doing a, a one of the most famous movies in cinema history, really. We're actually going to be visiting Jaws. Which I'm quite looking forward to doing. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was going to ask what we're doing next week. Jaws, oh, wicked. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. That is one of my childhood favourites, but I haven't seen it for a long time. And, well, I'm hoping it stands up. I'm pretty sure it will. But, um, yeah, awesome. I'm looking forward to that one, Bread Roll. And um, that was a, not a shock because I know we talked about it before. So, yeah, happy days bit of jaws for you so as always thank you very much for tuning in to probably the most fucking slapdash <laughs> episode of hyperbaric reviews we've ever done to date and uh, we look forward to hearing from you uh, on twitter if you fancy speaking to us it's hyperbaric goats and we'll catch you next time indeed yeah please reach out to us on twitter it's been quite good fun this week chatting to a few people so um yeah keep it up guys and uh i've just got one last thing to say really put your balls on evan we're going to willies